The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hi guys, welcome back. So I think today's guest is probably going to be one of my favorites to talk to because Leah has had a huge impact on my life. She has been huge in my healing journey. She has guided me so much on my trauma journey and I have to bring her on to speak to you all today. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, but I think it's all divine timing. So Leah Abraham is on with me today and she is a childhood trauma expert. So I know a lot of you are going to take so much knowledge and wisdom from her today because she has so much of it. So I'm so excited to have you on, Leah. Mm, Pippa, thank you so much. We have been wanting to do this for a while, but I think it's always in divine right timing um, because you were one of the first people that supported me when I started this journey, this business. Um, when I came onto Instagram, we connected right away and you were one of the first pe- people I did a live with. Um, so yeah, it's been a long time coming years, years. So you're I'm like the one, finally you're the one person that I just know, you know, you see them online friends are like the ones you just can't wait to meet physically. Like you're the person mm-hmm. that I'm just dying to get to the America to come see you and give you a big hug. I can't wait. I can't wait, Pippa. We're going to go to Disneyland together. Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, a child's going to be so happy at Disney. Yes. Yes. Our so, inner girls hanging out at Disney together. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely my cup of tea. So I kind of already know you to a degree of, you know, the work you do and, you know, who you are. I just love who you are. But I think even me getting onto this episode I still get to know you even more because you're still growing and learning like you said we met each other when you first came onto Instagram we connected divinely and whenever I see someone on a path to help others I'm like I want to help them I want to help them that's always been who I am and and that's why I kind of reach out to people to always offer them offer them help and guidance but you've done that back for me in in so many ways so for the listeners I know the word trauma is everywhere right now it's something that is you know is need it's saying it's something that we all have I say to a lot of clients there's eight billion people on the planet and every single one of them has trauma so don't ever feel alone and you will know that as well but I also want to just stress before we go into trauma that you also have strengths and even though you have ancestral trauma as well that we can clear and think and heal you have ancestral strengths and traits Mm. and amazingness within you so 
as much as it's good to work on trauma and heal trauma, it's also good to focus on the amazingness of you and how divine you are. So Yes, that's beautiful and very important. And, you know, I have found in the work that I do that often it's from our traumas that we find our superpowers. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they're, they're, um, we, we struggle with the traumas. They can cause blocks in many areas of our life. But once we do the healing and we work through the traumas, those become our superpowers and what's needed for us to show up in purpose and help others. So you're exactly right, Pippa. And I think, um, you know, with what the world has been through with COVID, that has been a great awakening in so many ways. So when you talk about, you know, that trauma, you're, you're hearing a lot more of that. It's because people are, are becoming conscious. They're becoming conscious. And it was, it was because during that time, we had to really sit with ourselves. And do I like myself? Do I like my partner? Do I like my job? And, and if not, then what's the underlying issues? Why, why am I facing these struggles in these certain areas of my life? And people are, are curious now and they want, they want solutions. Mm. And that means looking at the trauma. Mm. So, yeah. It's really... I say it's it's deep work, isn't it? It's really deep work, and it's it's lifelong, you know. And one thing is, is that I've found with clients is that we're in this quick fix society, aren't we? We want the quick, everything's quick, quick, quick. But you know, trauma isn't something we can quickly we can quickly discover things, and we can connect things, and we can connect dots, and have clarity, and aha moments. But when it comes to the the healing journey, it's lifelong. But I think as well, that actually makes me feel good because it's a lifelong commitment because I've committed to come to earth to have this temporary human experience. So with that comes a temporary trauma experience to allow myself to heal and be the best version of myself. And, you know, I'm still uncovering things as we were just mentioned before we press record. I'm a new parent and I've had a few triggers about being a parent, which I've worked through so gracefully. And I'm so proud of myself for that. And I know you're a parent, Leah, as well. So you know, mums out there, I think I'm kind of understanding now some of the, you know, the frustrations we get as being a parent and just how we navigate through it with love and grace. So I think I want to start off by asking you, Leah, is how did you get into trauma work with, you know, was it through doing your own work or was it just fascination of trauma? No, it was absolutely um, doing my own work. I wanted, I want to just back up um, for a moment, Pippa, and speak to you mentioned, you know, 8 billion, 8, 8 billion people on this planet, we all have trauma. And you talk about, but it's my soul's journey to be here and, and have this experience and, and learn specific lessons that I came here to learn. So it's very important to understand that we do all have that trauma because that trauma teaches us separation. If we came in, you know, knowing that we're connected to everything and that we, um, we're, we're, we have this great, powerful capacity to manifest anything in our life, we wouldn't learn the lessons that we came here to learn. So the trauma, it teaches us that initial separation. And then it's that journey back home to ourselves where we gain the knowledge, the wisdom, we learn the lesson that our soul came here to, to experience. So it's, it's really important to know that 
you're not alone in your trauma. We all have trauma. There are different levels, granted. Um, there are different levels, but to each of us, it's personal. Mm-hmm. So whatever our experience, that is traumatic to us. Mm-hmm. And that is what we have to work through. So that's beautiful. But I came into this work um, through my own healing. And it was actually when I was in 12-step, um, 12-step recovery program, and I was stuck on the first step. <laughs> and that is uh, to admit that we are powerless over our addiction. And I had a really hard time with that step because I didn't want to be powerless. I wanted to control everything because if I could control everything, then I, you know, I, I felt safer. Um, so I didn't like this concept of, of not being able to control something. So I, I worked on that. And um, it was during that time that my alignment image kind of came to me. And I know you've done my five-step healing process, so you're familiar with the alignment image. But it was that um, image that helped me understand why I am powerless when I'm in addiction. And it's because I'm my mind is unaligned. It's no longer connected to that higher power that is giving me wisdom, that is helping me take the next right steps. That mind is in addiction. So I am powerless when I'm in addiction. And so it really gave me clarity and helped me understand that first step and help me move forward through um, through that healing process. So after, you know, a, a year or, or possibly like an, a year and a half, um, I realized that this was something I wanted to share with others because it had helped me immensely. Um, and it helped me just understand alignment in general, alignment of the mind, the body, the spirit in the present moment. So I wanted to write a book. I thought, well, the best way to get this out is to write a book. So I, um, I took Hay House's uh, course, you know, and where you can submit a book proposal uh, at the end of it. And I did that. And I didn't, you know, get I didn't win the contest. But what it did um, help me to do is to get onto social media, because part of, you know, um, submitting a book proposal is they want to see your platform. They want to know who your audience is. Have you built up an audience? So in that process, I got onto social media and ha- had I not taken this course, I wouldn't have got onto social media because I wasn't on it um, because it, it was, it played into my addiction. And so it wasn't healthy for me prior. Um, but through my healing journey, I, I was in a stronger place and I knew my intention of being on social media was to offer healing. So with that intention, I began to build my social media and realized that I don't need to write a book. I can help people now. And so I began doing coaching in this and created my five-step healing process. And here I am, you know, like two and a half years later, and it's my passion and I'm so excited to be uh, helping guide people through connecting to their traumas and processing through them. And it's been a wonderful journey. So that's how I, that's how it brought me here. I love it. And the five-step program changed my life. It really did. Like I was so excited mm-hmm. to jump on a call with you and get the next step. It was like, oh, it was just like, I loved it. And I think <laughs> I'm the same with trauma. Like when I have clients here to do hypnosis, we're, we're speaking for a couple of hours about their life story and it's just a, it's a gift isn't it like I 
I can connect the the trauma so easily, you know, and I, I, I help them to see it in a different perspective. And they're like, I've never seen it that way. I've never connected it that way. Or it could be anything, you know, about them, like, you know, they've constantly repeatedly dated their dad who was abusive or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I've naturally, you know, like you, like you, Leah, like you've gained trauma knowledge from doing your own work and then immersing yourself in, you know, books and courses and whatever. But for me, I just think it is a gift. Like I, I say to people, I love trauma, but like in a sense of I am obsessed with it because I, I just know it's the root of everything. It's where we go from here to here from dark to light and to know that you know you aren't you are not your trauma you aren't your trauma it's just a thing that needs to be released and understood and forgiven and loved and just and I think you know for me I felt a lot of and you know this as you know me quite personally is that I thought all of my trauma was wasn't good enough it was it wasn't wasn't big enough I compared it to Mm -hmm. everybody I compared it to friends to people clients I'd met and I just pushed my trauma down for many years to think it was not worthy of, it wasn't even trauma, it was just life. And actually, as I got older and then I started to realize this is holding me back in different ways and, you know, hiring you to help me through it and then reading books and do and just immersing myself in, in other things, it's naturally come to me. It's naturally been a gift that I've been able to help people with and, and I'm the same as you. I just, I love it. It's just something that, gives me a lot of passion to help people through. Yes, Pippa. I, I mean, that's why we connected. I think we we shared that same energy. Um, I, I, I will say that I think we're in a time where a lot of people are awakening to their healing abilities and to wanting to guide others into healing. And that's what's needed, so needed on the planet right now because there is so much trauma. And, and to... Um, to very deep degrees, you know, where we don't need that much separation, you know? And so I think there's a big calling for people that are meant to help guide others into their healing. So it, it is the root because the, those first seven years of our lives, whatever experiences we, we have, um, whatever our environment was like, that is where our core beliefs were structured. So what we think about ourselves, what we think about the world and how we see ourselves in the world. So there's so much that comes from that first seven years. And so if that environment was traumatic or if we um, went through very traumatic experiences, that is where everything grows from. Everything grows from those roots, from those core beliefs. So, you know, the good grows but also the the drama, the chaos grows from there. So it's important to to follow that back down to the root, and then to to work to heal that to heal that root. So, yeah, that's very um, important that our our struggles that we face now as adults will always tie back to the traumas we experienced as children. Two things that's... just come up. There's one that just one mm-hmm. thing that's come up as a as a message for me, I think, and the other one's a question. I don't think I've, I've I, th- I think I told you this, and I don't know if I've told my audience, but I'll tell you now. When I was about 21, I suffered with a pylonidal cyst. I think I did tell you about this actually, and that's obviously in my area of bowels and you know sacral and root. Yeah. So 
I remember struggling with that for a few months and then eventually I went to see the doctor and it had popped and I had to have it um I think was it I think antibiotics just used to clear it and then eventually I went to see a specialist and I went private and I had to have it operated on you had to like scoop out all the infection because the 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 prior time to that what had happened is if anyone knows what a pyelonidal cyst is it's a hair that grows back into your skin and it'll keep coiling and coiling and coiling and it'll get infected and for me that represents a pattern just going round and round and round and round and what happened was I went to the hospital because I was really sick with the infection and it must have popped I know it's disgusting but it must have popped and I was really sick and they had to put needles in and she had to push it out and she actually pulled the hair out so I thought oh this is this is great it's done I'm okay now Six months later, I was in the same position. Now, the doctor said to me when I went to see a specialist who specializes in this, she pulled the hair out, but she didn't get the root. I was like, oh, Mm. so it happened again. And I had the operation and I have been fine since. But what's quite interesting, which has come to me is I get little flare ups. So it'll flare up because obviously it's just scar tissue now. It'll flare up when I've got a trigger. And I've just thought to myself, it's about the root. It's about, it's going back to that. It's a reminder of my body saying there's something, there's a root here to, 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 to focus on. It's just come to me now as we're talking about the root, it just came to me Mm -hmm. like something I went through and, you know, just your body is so miraculous and intelligent that even when we have illnesses, diseases, infections, whatever it is, it's your body talking to you. And this is what we do in hypnosis. You know, people have health concerns. And when asking the subconscious, why do we have that? The subconscious comes back with these phenomenal answers of you chose this for X, Y, Z. So I clearly chose to get a pyramidal cyst because it was about a pattern I was coiling up consistently. And eventually, you know, it's, it's a representation of of when I've got a trigger or something to go in and, and solve, it flows up. Absolutely, Pippa. And, and that is so true. When we have traumatic experiences as children that we don't yet have the emotional intelligence to fully process, they stay stored within the body. And we will recreate, our subconscious will recreate these patterns in the hopes that let's let's go ahead and process this now but most of us are are so unaware that we just you know we put the band-aid on or we take the pill or or what whatever it is this quick fix but if but it will always come back that pattern will always come back because the root is wanting to be healed that unprocessed energy that's stored in the body from that initial experience from childhood is still wanting to be seen to be healed to be processed so you're that's like a perfect example it happens all the time we recreate these patterns and you mentioned it earlier you know um dating dating the dad the abusive dad or whatever it is finding yourself in these relationships where you're always dating the same person why because that inner girl wants to heal wants to process those experiences from childhood with that that father figure that is now played out in in the in the partner Mm. so you're so right these patterns will always come up until we heal the root (laughs) yeah I remember Dr Shafali saying when we don't live a life we live a pattern and that really struck Mm. me and the question I wanted to ask you was 
something I have heard before with clients is as they talk about trauma and they get really upset, you know, cause it's like we live in it with the pain body is I didn't choose this, you know, how, why me, you know, going to that real victim mode, you know, the ego just puts them in this, that I didn't deserve this and I didn't choose this, but actually I sit and say, but you did choose this for, for a huge, huge reason. And when you get to a level of consciousness where you start to realize I chose all that, do you believe we choose those that you know those things to go through as as children because uh, i believe we cho- we choose our parents as well you know yes we do i i do believe that we choose our parents based on the patterns that we have to experience to learn the lesson that the soul came here to learn absolutely to take whatever wisdom our soul needs for its continued evolution it's there's soul contracts and i do believe that that we know what we're going to go through before we come. And and like I mentioned earlier, those traumas that we experience, when we do the healing, they become the superpowers that we need to fulfill our purpose. So it's like this whole process that the trauma happens that gives the initial initial separation then we experience all of these recreated patterns these struggles and then at some point we've had enough and we awaken to that consciousness we want to heal and then we begin that healing journey to connect with the root to connect with those original traumas that caused the separation and that is the journey back home to ourselves. And through that process, we gain exactly what we need to stand in purpose and to fulfill that purpose and to help guide others, to connect with others in the way that we're meant to. So it really is this this beautiful process. It, and I say beautiful, I say it um I say it with intention because if we can see it in that light and know that it is a process, that that healing trauma is just a process. Now, it's not an easy process. Don't get me wrong. It's not an easy process. But when we understand that it is a process, we can get through it. There's less fear around it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I do believe that, um, al- although I know that that's hard for people to hear, you know, who are who are not yet um, conscious to it or who maybe haven't um, haven't connected to that uh, level of spirituality yet. It can be a hard thing to hear, but it's also empowering to hear that because that means that we have the power and the capability to heal it and to do what's needed to move forward. And that's empowering. So, well, when you say process, it's everything has a process. So I connect everything back to nature. You know, a tree has mm-hmm. to go through a process to bloom, has to shed its leaves. It has to go into hibernation. It has to just close down from the world for a while and, and you know, be burr. And that's kind of like what I feel mm-hmm. trauma is, is like you just become naked, like baby state, just... And that's kind of what I connected to a lot was just allow myself to be a baby, just go back into that pureness that, you know, a baby just, you know, again, a baby can, I learned something today actually about babies can't shiver. So when you talk about cold water therapy and things like that, babies can't shiver. They've got cold, but they, they haven't got the the chemicals in the body to make them shiver, which is great for like, you know, fat loss and, and trauma release and things like that. But that's the key, isn't it? Babies don't even need that think they don't need to be able to shiver because they're constantly in that state of pure bliss pure love pure joy so it's kind of kind of like connected to that as well about being a baby you know babies are just so you just look at a baby and you think 
you've got they've got no worries like just they haven't got any issues they're just here to be like oh what's this they've got so much wonder in their eyes and yeah so it, that process of you know everything in life is a process your life's a process you know you're born you die everything has a process and if you can just see trauma that way but the thing is with trauma it'll be like something will come up it'll be healed then something deeper so again the onion the layer peeling off the layers and getting to that that inner layer and I think I, I remember listening to Wayne and because everyone knows I love Wayne Dyer and someone asked him on an interview do you think you're rid of your ego and he just said no and I'd be lying if I said yes and even to I think up to the week before he died he he had a check a trigger and an ego check and he checked it and corrected it and that's all he did he just said it was a correction and a check but being aware of it that's the key isn't it it's the awareness around it Absolutely. We're, we're human. So being human means that we're subject to the human experience. And part of that experience is the ego. Mm -hmm. And that's part of us. Mm -hmm. So, so acknowledging that being aware of it and recognizing when it comes into play is what our awareness, which what, what our conscious awareness Mm -hmm. opens us to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not about removing the ego or, you know, um, shaming ourselves for that side of it. It's about bringing it in and, and knowing it's a part of us, mm-hmm. just like our trauma is a part of us, just mm-hmm. like our addictions are a part of us. And I'm, I'm doing this with my arms for those of you who are listening, where I'm bringing it into myself because all of those parts, those dark parts of us that we don't like to show people that we don't like to talk about, they are still a part of us. Mm -hmm. And when we meet them with love and we, and we meet them with acceptance, we become our whole self. We become our full whole self. So, yeah, I think that's. That's really important. And I know you love Wayne. <laughs> he oh, always Wayne. has a good I message him everywhere. for you. Yeah, he always does. <laughs> yes. Like whenever I ask for guidance, it's just provided through his work or his book or whatever it is. But something that's really interesting that I, I haven't told you yet, but, you know, doing, doing trauma work, it, for me, it's like the spiritual aspect, the physical aspect, the mental aspect. And, you know, with, with you and I, I did, I did a lot of mental and spiritual and, I didn't actually realize there's a physical aspect to it. I kind of knew, but I didn't know what it felt like for me. And just recently over the last three months since being in New Zealand, I've started to have massage therapy and Chris has massage every week. And I started to go to to the same, the same place and I've gotten really close to one of the, the massage therapists and she asked me, could she do remedial on me? And I said, oh, I've not really had remedial. Like I've had, a you know, a massage therapist who's got knots out my back and things like that, but I've not had full remedial. Let's give it a go. Not actually realizing how painful it can be. And what was interesting is she was working on certain parts of my body and I would sob and I mean cry mm. and cry mm. and I, it, it came out of nowhere and she held so much beautiful space for me to let it out and I said you know what this is this is me releasing trauma physically because as you mentioned mm-hmm. Leah trauma stores everywhere in the body so I feel like spiritually my soul's cleared off this crap that I've held on to but I think my, my physical body was healing was 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 still holding on to it in muscle memory and the nervous system and you know my bones and everywhere so as she moved into certain parts I would literally just 
out of nowhere go oh, I just I just cry mm-hmm. for like yeah. 10 minutes and it felt so powerful and empowering to just it get in tune with my body and not because again when I used to cry I, I'd hide my face because again that you know embarrassment but I'm mm-hmm. lying I'm lying on a massage bed and I'm sobbing and I'm and I don't ever have to speak I didn't have to speak she just allowed me to let it out and I've been enjoying remedial now like you know having that releasing trauma in different ways and what I found was a lot of the tension which was in legs and my lower back she's actually moved to around my belly and under my ribs here and because of my bowel trauma wow she has to be really gentle yes. in a, a sense of we're working on that right now because she wasn't even pressing hard and there's so much there that I need to work on so it's interesting how trauma stores in people so differently. So for me, it's again, I'm so proud that I can tune into my body and be aware of my body and what it needs. And that's again, you know, remedial massage is phenomenal for trauma release. Oh, Pippa, it's wonderful that that was divinely guided that Chris was seeing this person who then you would be directed to and who would help you with this because that's that's key. The trauma is stored in the body and to process it means processing it from the body. And so the somatic work is so, it, that's what trauma is all about. Now, m- many of us begin by learning all that we can and using the mind to understand the trauma, to um, to know about all the different healing modalities, to uh, to logically explain what happened, like all of these things, we want to do it with the mind, but the actual processing takes place in the body because that's where the unprocessed parts of that experience are stored. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right that, um, and it'll come out in different ways for different people. For me, I cry a lot too. That's a lot of my release is crying, but I know I have a client that she'll shake, you know, she literally like shakes and convulses and that's how she processes trauma. And, but it, has to be this physical release and sometimes that's the hardest part is coming back into the body because trauma and you know I do a lot of uh, I do work around sexual abuse trauma so that type of trauma we learn very quickly the body is not a safe place to be so we've we've disconnected from the body and have lived that way for most of our lives so when we do choose healing and we begin to reconnect with the body it can bring up a lot sometimes it can be scary sometimes um sometimes it can be wonderful you know um i i'm taking a dance class now and i like love that so much, but it allows me to be in my body. Um, and, and this type of massage where someone is, you know, touching your body and allowing you to feel that in your body and then allow your body to respond to that touch. It's so powerful and you're exactly right. It's so needed because we have the three parts, the mind, the body, the spirit, and they all need that healing. And we do it in, in different levels. We do it in different modalities, but ultimately it's processing from the body. So that's key. It is. And I think like you mentioned about the somatic stuff is 
the breath work and then the you know, the cold water therapy and things like that. You know, for me, I'm just on a discovery of life. I, I've always said this, I'm here to discover everything that life has to offer. And I think if we mm. can get into that curiosity and just, in, you know, try everything, my motto for life is try everything. And, you know, things that light you up, things that you're just drawn to, just do it all. You know, it comes into you life for a reason. And for me with, with, you know, the breath work, the, the cold water therapy, it's like the things I've tried, but I think I want, I want to do them more, you know, especially now I'm listening to a lot of health podcasts and things like that with, you know, foods I'm eating, comfort food because of trauma, things like that. You know, I know we got mm-hmm. into that whole, uh, what the reward system for me, because I literally had a reward system for going to the toilet because when I was a child, that was something that the doctor, which, which was great. It was such a good behavioral thing to do is programmed in me when I've done a good job or I've done something good go reward myself which that could, treat. Be, yes. yeah, that could be anything a bottle of wine a, 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 I don't really drink much anymore but it could have been like a bottle of wine a, a chocolate bar a meal out a dessert whatever it is but instead now I'm actually just saying every day is a reward just but but utilizing it in a way of give myself half an hour to sit in the garden and just bask in the sunlight or go out mm. for a nice walk down the river and just sit with my book on the river. It's like, I'm doing it in a different way because I feel like if I reward myself with sugar, that then is going to have a ripple effect on, it's going to make me feel like crap and it's not good for me. And it's just the, the next step for me. I know in my journey now is health and the lifestyle. And I've, I've been really, you know, I've been running, I've been doing more stretches eating healthier, things like that. So, you know, there's so many aspects to it. And I think for someone who is listening right now, Leah, who is like just stepped on the trauma journey, what are your words of wisdom for them? Sure. I, I want to talk about breath work and the the ice baths, cold water therapy. The, those are so important, Pippa, because they they force the mind's attention into the present moment. Because if you think about our breath, it is something that we can only take in in this moment. We can't, you know, think about a deep breath that we took yesterday and receive the oxygen that our body needs. We can't schedule in a breathwork session for next week and have that fulfill the needs of the body. It, it's always in this present moment. So, th- so bringing the mind's focused attention to the breath allows us to connect with something that's happening physically in our body in this present moment. Ice baths, when your system is shocked like that, your mind is forced to pay attention to what's happening in the body. So your mind's focused attention is drawn to the present moment. I also say that about childbirth. We we can't we can't think about anything else when the pain in the body is so prevalent that it commands the attention of the mind keeping it in the present moment. Mm. And that's why those things are so powerful because it's the mind that moves away from the present moment that lives in addiction, that lives in the past, that has anxiety of the future. But when we keep the mind where we are in the present moment, it's it's connected to the body. And so that's why those, those practices are so powerful. Mm. So I'm glad you're going to explore them more. And I love that you're focusing on the body too. We know weddings coming up, so <laughs> that's that's key. But um, but yes, um, the wisdom that I would give for people just um, starting this journey are 
are, are two things, Pippa, that I tell people all of the time. The first thing is, it, this doesn't have to be something that you're afraid of, because often we think that um, doing trauma work is going to uh, take us back into the trauma. And to some extent it does. But remember that everything we're doing in regards to processing the trauma of the past is happening in the present. So we are allowing things that happened in the past to come through into our present moment. We are not going back there. So when we decide to make this journey of healing, connecting to our trauma and beginning to process it, we are not reliving our trauma. We are not reliving it. So a lot of people get afraid of that because our trauma is the worst thing that ever happened to us. Why would we want to go back and, and connect with that? But it's not that we're going back there. We've already endured the trauma. We endured that trauma as children. So we can most definitely endure healing as adults when we're making this conscious choice to take that journey, to allow the things to come into our present moment for processing. So it's very important for people to understand that, that we've already lived through that trauma. We have survived. We're adults now. So to consciously choose to make that journey now, it's completely different. It's completely different. And we have everything we need within us to do it. We have the strength within us to do that. The other thing I'll tell people is that, um, is that you are strong enough. I, I said that, and that's, that's important, but also knowing that this is going to connect you to parts of yourself that you haven't seen in a long time. This is going to connect you back to your inner child. It's going to connect you back to your inner girl, your inner boy. Those parts of us that are that are fun and creative and curious and like to make friends with other people and are funny um, and, and think outside of the box, it's going to connect us back to all of those amazing parts of us that we came in with and that we got conditioned and traumatized away from. So it's it's exciting to reconnect to those parts of us. And anything that um because I, I, you know, that this uh, work also entails dealing with our addictions, seeing our addictions clearly, because where there is trauma, there's always a need to escape them. There's always addiction. So whatever that looks like for us. So um, a lot of times people will fall into to an addiction because it meets a, a specific need or because they like themselves in that addiction. And I'll use drinking as an example. You know, when I drink, I'm fun and I can dance and I can have these conversations with people. And I always tell people that when we remove an addiction from our life, we are not removing anything that we love about ourselves. All of that stuff stays all of that stuff stays. The reason why we have difficulty connecting to those parts of us as adults when we're sober is because we're disconnected from that child part of ourselves that is that, that is that fun, exciting person that loves to dance and meet new people. So it's, it's, it's when we remove an addiction, we are not taking anything away. We can't take away anything that was part of us as a child but we can bring it back. We can bring it back. So 
I just, um, I think it's important for people to understand that, to remove the fear around it, because we've already been through the trauma. We've already been through it. So we are strong enough and it's going to reconnect us to parts of ourselves that we love, that we've lost and that we love and that other people will love too. So um, it allows us to show up as our, our true authentic self. And all of us are amazing as our true authentic selves. So we all deserve healing. We all deserve to get to live like that. So that's what I would tell them. I totally agree with everything you just said. And it's beautiful because again, I agree with that. Like there's nothing to fear. Like even though it feels scary and it can feel like you're alone, it can feel like you've got no one. That's again, them 8 billion people. There's so many other people on the planet who are doing this work. So reach out to people who are doing this work as well because people like you and I are here to support you in whatever that looks like. So that was just amazing for someone who's on it as well. Like I think I would just add to, I would add to that is just be gentle with yourself. And again, mm. do do the things that make you feel like a little girl, a little boy, no matter how silly it feels. Like for me, that's why I've always been authentic in my Disney obsession because I've always I love loved that. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> it makes me like a little kid. Like when I walk out of a Disney store in Disneyland, Disney World, with the bag of stuff, I am literally in tears with happiness. So just be gentle with yourself and again, take it day by day because your trauma journey can literally be completely different each day and, mm -hmm. you know, have that support around you. People who love and care about you, who can hold space for you is important as well. Cause at the time I didn't have that and I was shamed for it. So, you know, my experience is to have people who really understand, not, I won't even say understand because some people find it hard to understand. It's about just having the safe space around you to be able to speak about how you feel. Mm -hmm. So that's important for me. The last three questions I want to ask you, Leah, because I'd love to talk to you for hours about this topic mm -hmm. and maybe we'll do a part two because I know there's a lot to cover with trauma. It's such a deep topic. So yeah. the first question. Yeah. Is, what you just said there, Pippa, the support. Yeah. So important to have support when you begin this journey. And there are a lot of wonderful communities out there and more popping up now after COVID and people needing yeah. <laughs> these safe spaces to yeah. express their trauma. But yeah, so there's much more to discuss. I'd love to do a part two. <laughs> yes, definitely. So the first question that I always ask my interviewees is, if you had a magic wand, how would you use it to save our world? Mm. I would use that magic wand to tear down all of the castle walls of denial that everyone has built around themselves <laughs> because denial is such a block to healing. And, and, and I talk about that, that we build these castle walls of denial. The first bricks that we receive are from our parents. No, I'm a good parent. No, you didn't have trauma. Here's a brick. Here's a brick. And, and the mortar is fear, you know, fill it in with fear. And then we add our own bricks. No, I, I can't be right. I must be crazy. That didn't actually happen to me. I'm the only one. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. wrong. More bricks, more bricks, more bricks. Now I'm safe behind this wall of denial. But really, we, it's a false sense of safety and it keeps us from the world. So if I had a magic wand, I would just tear down all of these castle walls that everyone has built around them, <laughs> these castle walls of denial. So that we could all just see clearly and live honestly with ourselves and with others. That would 
that would be the magic that's awesome yeah it's a good really really good Thank one as you. well the second question is what are three ways uh, people can what are three things people can do to raise their consciousness mm. So we talked about keeping the mind's focused attention in the present moment. And I think any spiritual guide, any person that um, is, is a healer of some sort knows the importance of keeping the mind's focused attention where we are, the power of now. Everything is happening here in the present moment. So we, we talked about a few things that can do that. The, the breath work, connecting to breath, the, the ice baths. Those are, those are only a few of the ways, but meditation is another Um using our five senses to feel things around us. What do I see? What do I smell? What do I hear in this moment? That brings the mind's focused attention back. So number one, practice being in the present because so many people are, their mind is elsewhere. How many people do you have a conversation with? And you're like, are you listening to me? Or where are you? So very first thing, practice presence. Um, Second thing is, see yourself clearly, begin to see yourself clearly. And that goes back to what I just talked about with denial, you know, even around addictions. I, that's, that's not a problem for me. Um, you know, I shopping is not an issue, even though I just racked up my credit cards again, or, you know, so being honest with ourselves, with ourselves, not even that we have to tell anybody else, but Practice seeing yourself clearly. And that, you know, that extends to so many different levels. That can be seeing your trauma clearly. That can be seeing your addictions clearly. That can be seeing how you react or respond to something clearly. But being honest and seeing yourself clearly. That's that's number two. And I would say the third is practicing any level of self-love and Pippa, you know, because you went through the five steps that that step is the hardest for everyone. Self-love is the hardest step because it's something that, that most often was not modeled to us. It wasn't taught to us. And for most of us, it, we learned the opposite self-rejection. I am not good enough. I am not worthy. So self-love, remember that there are different levels of self-love. And the first level is acknowledging. So we talked about those dark parts of ourselves, our addiction, our trauma, acknowledging them. I see you. I know you're there. And then accepting. And I accept you as part of me. So those are the first two levels levels of self-love and it goes up from there. But if, if we can begin to practice those two, I acknowledge you, I accept you. These parts, you being these parts of myself that I don't want anybody else to see and that I don't particularly like. But I see you, I accept you. And then, you know, if you can move up from there, the mirror work speaking kindly to yourself, watching the thoughts. We're so critical and we're so cruel to ourselves with our own thoughts. So being kind to ourselves, this, these, these self-love practices can be very simple, but they're very powerful, very powerful. When we begin to love ourselves, everything changes. Everything changes. So those would be the three things that I would tell people. I love those. The self-love's huge. Like a baby loves themselves, doesn't it? I always go back to babies because yes. we're obsessed with babies as well. He said, 
you go to a family party and you go, where are the babies? You just sit with the babies because you'd say to them, you know, God, you've just been with God. What? what They're so pure. They're, they're so, so connected. Pure and they love themselves. They're so yeah. aligned. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love those. They're really important. And yeah, that's why I asked the question because everyone has different you know, answers. So the third question, which was a surprise for you, is if you had the whole world, your attention right now, what would you say to them? Mm, that you deserve healing, that every single one of us has trauma and you deserve healing and you have everything you need within you to heal and to live at peace and to bring joy into your life, period. Let's let's heal you guys. Let's do this. <laughs> I love how you say period because me and Chris are doing the American versus English. And oh my God, I love stop, that so much. Period, so we're going to have to bring that in. <laughs> Period. Period. So you actually have to <laughs> I love those that you guys do those. Those are so funny. I have a, a girlfriend in the UK and she's always telling me things. I'm like, I don't know what you mean, girl. <laughs> the yeah, other day fun. she told me, you're going to have a nice kip. And I'm like, what is that? A nap. A nap. <laughs> yes. So I... I have loved speaking to you. I know we had to catch up because we hadn't spoke for a while and you we watch our, our journeys from afar, don't we? I can't wait to see you in person, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to do a part two with you as well because we have so much to talk That's about so and you have so much knowledge and wisdom. So if anyone was to find you, how would they best find you, Leah? Sure. I'm, I'm on a lot of social media channels as Leah Abraham 1111, um, but I'm active on Instagram and Clubhouse are my two main platforms. The other ones, I just have content there, but I don't check them regularly. So if you want to get in touch with me right away, the DMs on Instagram, or if you want to have a conversation with me, join me in one of my Clubhouse rooms because you can come up on the stage, ask a question, engage in the conversations that I'm having there live. So I'm very active on Clubhouse. I do rooms... um, four days a week, sometimes five, sometimes six. <laughs> so, but I have four rooms going on regularly. So that um, would be a good space to communicate with me live mm-hmm. and then in the DMs to, to get in touch. Amazing. Yeah. Definitely reach out to Leah because she's been a huge help for me. And I think if you're looking for support on your, on your healing journey and your trauma journey, if you resonate with Leah, just go for it because the five-step process helped me so much. And that's where it got me to today you know your your step process got me to where I am today I learned so much from you and my mission was to always meet myself more deeply so I can meet my clients at that deep level as well Mm. and that was kind of something that was big for me so I just I've always resonated with you and you've always been like a little angel in my life so I'm just so grateful I love you, Bibba. And you're so right. We can only meet people as deeply as we've met ourselves. So when we're doing this type of work, it's important to continue our journey and to always know that we can go deeper. There's always more, more layers, more uh, petals of our flower (laughs) to be opened. Yeah. So. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, guys. If you have, please leave a five-star review and share it on your social medias and tag me and Leah if you can. And if you've got any questions, please reach out to both of us. But if not, I'm sending you all the love in the world and we'll speak to you soon. See you later, guys. Bye. Thank you.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.